Mealtime inspiration. It's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week. You can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and six one since that matters. And what do I even say other than hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Oh, hi everybody! Welcome to yet another episode of the Fast, the Furious, the mostly sentimental podcast about feelings. Analyze this: the self-help journey that just can't help itself. I already said the word podcast, so uh, I had to say journey this time. Well, journey starts with the letter J, which reminds me of our guest today. That's a rhyme. It's Jackson Galaxy, ladies and gentlemen, a good friend of mine, and also uh, someone who is here to impart some wisdom about the wisdom your pets give you. All of my sentences were circles, and so will be this podcast. Anyway, enjoy. Jackson, two things. One, thank you for being here. Two, thank you for listening to me say that. That was amazing. <laughs> that was one of those just like, is that sentence going to fall off the track? No, no it she came found back. a way. Yeah, no, that was brilliant. First and foremost, for those of you that don't know, Jackson Galaxy is the host of one of my favorite shows of all time, My Cat from Hell, the show that taught me everything I know about how to be a proper cat guardian and really how to properly care for pets, you know, in general. Well, thank you. I mean, I don't want to out you, dude, but- you did tell me you're bipetual. I am bipetual. So you love- I'm out. You're out? Yeah. Out. I'm trying to get everybody else out too, man. Yeah. I, I mean, the whole dog person, cat person thing. It's so, yeah, old. Yeah. yeah it's, it's out of date. I mean, and honestly, I've said this before. There's no way that I could spend my day working with cats and not go home to a dog. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to be loved and I want to be loved demonstratively. Mm-hmm. And I want you to be like, where the hell were you? I was worried about you. Oh my you God, know? you're back. You're I, back. I, I love you. Yeah, oh. no. And, and the cats who just like, feed me when you're ready. <laughs> <laughs> when you get a chance. Uh, yeah. I am ready to be fed, but you know, no. you take your time. It's, it's just a beautiful symbiotic relationship. Some That's days. awesome. Yeah, we're all on a spectrum, ladies and gentlemen. So if somebody's asking you, you know, do you like cats or dogs? You just say, yes. 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 Please. Thank you. So you've done a lot of work with a lot of humans. You know, I I think that one of the things that the show has navigated so gracefully and that you've navigated so gracefully is how do you guide people into learning that I don't want to say they are the problem, but they are the problem. But they are the problem. problem. No, I mean, actually, it's a long journey. You cannot just walk into someone's life and out them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You just can't. You I'd be have like, oh, to... so you're a hoarder. Yeah, you're a hoarder. Your place smells like pee. Mm-hmm. Your clothes do too. No, I mean, wh- whatever it is, you can't say it. You have to play along and allow them to think that their cat's behavior exists in a vacuum and is not a reflection of the family dynamic. Then 
you make your move eventually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this is where the analyzing uh, is going to come in. What is it about our pets? I mean, pets are kind of like children in this way too, but you kind of have to become, when you're helping someone with their training, with their life, living with, uh, taking care of another creature, you're helping them how, uh, learn how to take better care of themselves Yeah, in a lot of ways. How often did you see that people were just projecting onto the animal? Well, I mean, there was a, there was a many times that you're either dealing with, like you said, projection, uh, you're dealing with an example uh, of projection being like, I, I mean, and I, I'm probably not using the right psychological phrase there, but you know, we had a couple of cases where we had an obese cat and an obese guardian. Anything concerning the cat's relationship to food or advice the cat was being given would obviously probably be very triggering. Well, and also they'd be like, I have no idea why my, my cat is fat. <laughs> I have no idea. Why is my cat fat? I'm trying. And your cat is fat because you're feeding them too much because you're emotionally feeding your cat and you have to take care of yourself and you have to take care of, you know, first your oxygen mask, then there's that whole thing has to happen, <laughs> yeah. you know? And the other thing is I see a lot of like Munchausen's like a lot of like inventing of stuff to get attention for you. There's a lot. I mean, it's because cats are blank slates to us. We don't understand emotionally at all. So what we do is we take our worst fears and conversely, our biggest ideals, and we just throw them on top of the cats. And of course, they stick because it's a blank slate. It's like color forms. Mm-hmm. Are you too young for color forms? Mm-hmm. You are. But I love colors and forms. You don't know what color forms Color forms were these things back when I was a child, <laughs> when we had to make the choice between color forms and shoes. <laughs> 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 but uh, painting they, with it's it's a it's a little it comes in a little box and it's a little background so it's a little sticky background let's say it was a school mm-hmm. right and in the school then you have these little sticky figures these forms that you stick onto the back mm-hmm. not fun but we all had them anyway it sounds fun it but, sounds like uh the predecessor to the what was it light bright remember that no no light bright is his own own, own thing okay yeah. so same time just color. frame i'm gonna yeah. have to look up color forms because i'm really scared right now i am a big fan of colors and forms hey, well you gotta look oh, hold yeah. on let me look real quick just so i can you gotta look yeah yeah, yeah. have a picture in your head because then you think about the cat as being a psychological color form and you're gonna know exactly what i'm talking about oh okay these are the little shapes are these a puzzle like you put them together no no, no. they're no? like like oh here this is you know okay so we're in a factory so this is joe factory worker oh, i'm this? gonna stick him in the factory I mean, they used to look a little more realistic than this, but at least they still exist. Oh, cool. Okay, so it's basically shapes and colors. And you have a blank canvas and you put yeah. your own in. You have a background it. and you just stick. So, you know, the one that's really sticking into my head right now, speaking of color forms, last season on the show, this cat was diabetic. He was huge, just massively fat. Her casting tape to me, was her feeding him lasagna and cold cuts, you know, but with the sandwich and like any kind of crap that you can think of she's feeding him because she said he would look at her and guilt her into giving him the food. And she was worried that he was miserable all the time. She had a nest cam at home while she was, she's a med student, by the way, studying the human body. And in the meantime, feeding her cat to death you know, as time went on, between my first visit and my second visit, I said, you put him on a diet. This is the diet. You exercise first, regime. First things first, you need to feed him food for cats. Yes, feed him food for cats. That's not lasagna. Yeah. Stop doing what you're doing. Stop everything that you're doing. Exercise him. 
do this, do that. I'm telling you, you can get him off insulin. She was giving him incredible amounts of insulin. And between that first visit and the second visit, now don't forget, Okay. I give you homework, like I gave you homework, right? Yeah. I'm not coming back to your house three weeks later with a TV crew. In my show life, I'm coming back to your house with a TV crew. So if you don't do your homework, I make you look like an asshole in front of the entire <laughs> world, right? You think that would be very motivating for people to you do You would think, and I can't tell you how many times, but with her, I came back and he had gained two pounds. So in three weeks, he had gained two pounds, which for a cat is about a third of his body weight. He gained an extra appendage. He basically did, another head. And so the entire episode was me sitting there going, what happened? What's wrong with you? And she said, no, 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 it's working. You know, his sugar levels have gone down. And I said, number one, that's impossible. And number two, he's fatter. Mm -hmm. So one way or another, he's going to die. But she just wouldn't crack. It was the hardest. Was she like, oh, he's building muscle mass? She basically, I walked out. During the third visit, I was like, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. You're making me crazy. I love you for loving this cat. Yeah. And you're making me insane. I got to go. Yeah. I made her cry. It was terrible. Ugh. I didn't mean to. Yeah, I, just, I, know. I know. But, but psychological issues, if someone is not ready for therapy, they are not going to be ready for therapy. And if somebody's not ready for a pet. There's that. Mm -hmm. There's that. But the thing was about her, one of the things I just adore about my job is that it's never what you think it is. It's, it's never cut and dry, you know, when it comes to the, the human condition or the animal condition. So your first impulses are usually wrong. Whoever is just sitting there going, wow, this, this woman is terrible. She's an awful person, blah, blah, blah. Look, it turns out she emigrated from Iran, like many people did, you know, having their families broken up. She didn't have a mom mm. and she didn't have anybody to meet her at home and say, honey, are you hungry? Would you like... And as this story comes out, you go, well, of course. She loves this cat so damn much that she cries thinking of him being in pain. And yet she's doing this to him. That's just a great example. But this happens. All the time. All the time. I mean, that's the vicious cycle right there. Yeah. It's like, oh, I'm so afraid of being neglectful that I'm going to be overbearing. Mm -hmm. It's that lack of balance that comes, in my opinion, from like a wound untended, right? right? Like no matter how hard it is to confront there's always some margin of something that can be done to help. Of course. You know? Yeah. But you got to be willing to accept. You do. You I mean, have to be willing step. to accept that you don't have your shit together. And that's hard for all of us. Yeah. I, and especially, I think, as we get older, one of the hardest things is to retain a vibe of being a hungry student yeah. of your own condition and of the world. That's really tough because we all want to think we know what we're talking about. Yeah. Um, or even observing without like negative judgment, totally. like negative self-judgment. Yep. It's like, can I even look at this problem without, if I start to think about it, do I get so overwhelmed with guilt and shame that I can't even confront it? I can't think about it at all. Mm -hmm. Well, that's a pretty big indicator that that's probably something that's really holding you in your life. It's really got you in its grasp, yeah. you know, and you got to break free. And the only way to break free is going through it by looking it straight in the face and being like, I feed my cat too much because I miss my mom. There it is. <laughs> no, no, that was wonderful. That was, you, you just nailed it. And I think the thing that has changed me over the years, especially from being away from being in any way judgmental, is that that moment is always going to happen. If I poke enough and I do it lovingly to the best of my ability, unless you're messing with your cat to the point where you're making me angry, <laughs> you know, that eventually something like that's going to come out and I'll be like, there it oh, is. man. I'm so sorry, because I think one of the hardest things that for any of us to do is to do what you just said, 
take that moment of pause of mindfulness that has no judgment and go, that's what's going on. It, it's hard. And it's a tall, that's a tall order for a TV host. <laughs> it's a tall order. For, you know what it was funny? I was thinking about this the other day. And I think because of who we are, who we've become in terms of our consumption of, of media, you know, our, our need to be pay, scrolling and watching those moments of mindfulness are really hard to come by. Because if you don't want to go there, you don't have to go there. You yeah. know, the world makes it very easy for us to stay distracted and stay consuming because yeah. we have a consumption driven culture. Yeah. Can I share with you a moment of epiphany that our cats brought us? And then I want to hear if there are any moments that you came to realization about yourself through your pet. Something that happened in our relationship early on when we got Charles, you know, we got him as a baby baby. So basically what would happen is that like Ella wanted him to be very comfortable with being touched, being picked up, being put down. Like, so we could have kids come over. She was like, oh, we just got to like desensitize him to humans. Like, hey, Charles, la. And as a little baby kitty that, you know, she would like pick him up and this and that. And I had a very active reaction to it. I was like, you got to stop. You have to stop doing that to him. I was like, he needs to feel safe no matter what. Like, this is his house. You're breaking his trust. He doesn't like that. And it were, there would be points where like, you know, he's got like a tummy. And when he was a baby, it was like, you know, smaller, let's be real. For the record, I love fat, just in general. This has felt a little <laughs> bit negative on the, you know, on that side. And I know that, you mean, you know, I don't know if listeners know with your personal experience with your weight loss journey, yeah. you were like, what? 400 pounds. Yeah. And now, yeah. So that's, there's a lot there. I lost you know? half a Jackson. You lost half a Jackson. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. lost half a Jackson. Yeah. It's crazy. And gained a whole family You and started a tribe. <laughs> but yeah, I poke his belly and it, we, she came and she brought it up uh, with my therapist because I brought her to a session and she was like, she won't let me touch the cat. And I was like, he's not the cat. He's Charles, you know? And I didn't even know I was doing this, but if she poked him, I would literally subconscious, I would push her hand away. Wow. And I would just not even know I was doing it. She was like, you just did it. And I was like, did what? She's like, you literally pulled my hand away. I was like, I don't want to stop messing with him. But like, I wasn't consciously thinking, "Uh oh, here goes Ella's hand. Time for me to grab it and pull it away from Charles. Of course not. And what we've discovered was that I needed her assurance that she cared about our safety, his safety, my safety was that I didn't feel safe in that moment. Wow. Because I was scared. That's hardcore. Yeah. That's amazing. And it all came out because of Charles. Yeah. And it was a huge, and it you know really opened up a conversation about trust and family and home and safety. Incredible. And really uh, like leveled up our relationship yeah. and our understanding of each other. Right. So by the time Lady came around, it was fine. Yeah, yeah. right. Charles was like, you have no idea what you missed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I made this good for you. Yeah. This is easy now. <laughs> Foam the runway. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And But like, so I, I'm really grateful Oops. for that lesson though, because now I know that my tendency, if we decide when we decide to have children, I know myself and I know my tendency is going to be overprotective. I know it. I'm going to have the impulse and I want to keep it in that lane. I want to keep it the impulse to protect, not feeding my own fear by overprotecting. Yeah, man. You know? Yeah. No, of course I do. And I I think that, you know how, when you hear these days that young adults now are opting for pets instead of actual family, do you know what I mean? Yeah. But it it was an op-ed I still think about it. This was like a year and a half ago. And I, I'm such a lazy POS, but I, I, I always like think, I, you know, I'm going to write my own op-ed and I never do. But this woman was like absolutely livid about the idea of animal guardians calling themselves parents, pet parents. She hated the co-opting of the word parent. Jesus. 
And she's like, and I, you know, I have animals and I have human children and I am a parent of the children. I'm not a parent to these animals. I'm not sure. I'm sure they think you are their parent, but buddy. you know, like, but, but, wow. but yeah, yeah. What do you <laughs> think? The pet knows that. But the thing is, the, what you were just talking about is the kind of emotional can opener that comes with parenting. The idea that for some, some reason this is parenting light or this is like fake right. in some degree. Or Look, I don't have human children. Uh, no judgment against it. I'm sure at some point it probably will. Yeah. But at the moment, you know, my animal world is pretty full. Yeah, the idea that somehow caring for, nurturing, raising, rearing another life is pretty much how I would define parenting. Something right. that turns to you and you are its sole source of support. Like basically pets just stay babies. Right. Their whole lives. Their whole life. Right. You will They're always be caring. dependent on you. Uh, absolutely. And, and it's funny because she was saying parenting implies that you are raising someone to put them out into the world and have them change the world and make it a better place and blah, blah, blah. Oh, parenting, or at least part of it, is caring. Nurturing. Nurturing. Supporting. It's a tricky place, man. And obviously, see how it's, it turns me because I don't want my entire life and the, and the life of the millions of people that I feel like I, I sort of speak for, as well as the animals, to say that, that the choices that we make are less than based on the species. You yeah. know, I, I, I find that incredibly entitled. That, yeah, that it's very would, entitled. Know. And there are a lot of people out there that have children pretty irresponsibly. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, so yeah. I kind of yeah. think a pet as a starter baby is a great idea. Well, you know, the thing is, I mean, if you're going to level up your relationship, probably better to do it. Better to you, do it with a pet than a child. You no, know, but the thing is, I mean, I, I really think that, I mean, listen, I, the first time I got it up and said, okay, this is my cat. This is my dog. I wasn't until my, my mid twenties or whatever. When but, you went and got yourself. Well, the first time that someone showed up on my doorstep and I was like, okay, I think me and you, buddy, you know what I mean? Actually, no, I, I pushed him away. I actually gave him to it because I was, it was a dog just showed, it was came a cat, into your, it was a cat, cat came into your life. And, um, and I basically, I was packing, I just graduated uh, from grad school. I was going to the university of Iowa and uh, the day came, when we were packing up to move back to New York. And, you know, loading up the car and I open up the door to the house and right there is like this six week old kitten mm. just sitting on the doorstep looking at me. And I'm like, Where the hell did you come from? I knew he had to belong to from somebody. From the future. Put a, <laughs> I put a sign up on the phone pole. But long story short, somebody claimed him. Then they let him out again. And I was like, you know what? You don't deserve this cat. <laughs> and then I realized I couldn't take him to New York. So I gave him to a friend of mine who then promptly lost him. Uh, about this cat just later. didn't. This cat was like had its own journey. I this know. cat was like, I'm sorry. I'm, and then I'm he out wound the up with me. Really? Rabbi. You Rabbi. found him? Yeah. It, it, basically, after she lost him, I swear to God, she's walking down the street. She was beating herself up, and I was beating her up long distance as well. And she's walking down the street, and she literally stopped to smell the roses. Oh. And he popped out of the roses. Oh. And so she took him home again, and then she gave him to me because she was like, I'm not responsible enough. Yeah, clearly. What'd you name him? Rabbi. Rabbi, that's a cute name. Well, that's because her name was Jen Moses. Oh. Her last name was Moses. So he was Rabbi Moses. Oh my God, <laughs> Rabbi Moses. <laughs> and then I took him. Okay, good. Uh, so anyway, that was a long do you point of the story. Well, do you feel like you have had, um, it could be that your whole life is a series of pet-driven epiphanies, but for yourself, a moment where you're like, oh, <clears throat> oh, this is a thing I have to confront about me. It's not about the cat. Like for me, that moment with Charles and the poking and the fiddling, 
I was like, I really didn't understand until we were sitting there in therapy that I wasn't genuinely protecting Charles. Yeah. Because, but the reality was he didn't need protecting. Mm-hmm. It was my safety. It was right. my feeling of safety. That was my, my boundary, my challenge line yeah. that was being t- tested. Right. Right. Um, do you have a, do you have a story of one of those like epiphany moments? I mean, my epiphany moment, I wrote a whole book about it. My first book was like the entire thing about it was really about that first big relationship, which was with my cat, Benny at the time, my addict was running my life, you know, meaning my bottom was like a high bottom, meaning. <laughs> meaning your rock bottom. Let's go bottom. back. Yeah. Yes. My, my rock bottom. Your rock bottom. Was a high bottom. Yeah. <laughs> I could just hear this looped until infinity. I, I, but anyway, uh, meaning that I was functioning, meaning that I could go hold out a job. I was doing my job well. Nobody really and ser- knew. And serving your addiction. Uh, very well. I was serving my addiction as if it were a child. Mm-hmm. Come on, addiction. You want some, you want a bottle of wine? But the thing is, in my work, I had been working at the, uh, I started my work at an animal shelter. And, and so I'd been working there for a couple of years. Everybody knew I was Catboy. Catboy? Yes, they called me Catboy. Catboy? I'm sucked. Oh, man. It still sucks. Yeah. And I just told you. Oh, thank so, you. So anyway, I was realizing that, you know, people are funny about the word empath. Really? Are you not no. funny about it? Wow. Yeah. I don't know. Empathy. People, empath. You're empathic. You well, can feel things. Yeah. Yeah. But an empath, like I feel your like. sensors are always pointing out. Yeah. Yeah. You have to learn how to shut them off. Because that's my thing. My problem is that. And what I've had to learn how to deal with over the years is in a true sort of empath way, I will feel what that person or animal is feeling. I can't explain it. I can't word it, verbalize it, wordize it. Wordize it. Yeah. But I feel it. And and so, but what was happening is because I was numbing, I couldn't get through and I had this moment with the, the cat I was living with, Benny, who was a very troubled cat. And I was basically begging him, like, stop torturing me. You know, what is it that I can do for you? And the feeling that I was getting back was, why? Why should I? Yeah. Stop why? torturing you when you're torturing yourself. And why would I talk to you? Why would I, why would I trust you when you're a bomb? You're toxic and you're not true. You're not true. Animals are living in, in a truth state 24-7. That's all they know. So Benny has been observing you yeah. in your life. Yes. And then you come over and you're like, why don't you trust me, man? Yeah. And he sends back to you, why would I trust you, man? Yeah. You're, and you're, not, like, you're not here. You're not here. There's a veil in front of you and you're saying, hey, trust me. So the epiphany really was, well, number one, I was completely full of shit. You know, (laughs) I mean, because, you know, here I am thinking that I have this something to offer the world when in reality, the act of destroying myself on a daily basis was just proof that I had no sense of value whatsoever. But if you want an animal to trust you, you have to be trustworthy. And someone who's that deep in their addiction is not trustworthy. You know, so... I really do think that I would not have gotten clean if it weren't for that moment, that moment of like, oh God, who am, you know, what am I doing here? You know, Uh, what right do I have to even ask you to trust me? You know? Yeah. That's 
profound. I mean, usually I don't like it when people say this, but when some people are like, you know, and then I had a kid and my whole life changed. Mm. I'm always like, well, well, maybe you should have thought of that that before you, you know, but (laughs) it's that reflection. It's that reflective relationship that people have with their animals and with their pets that they are almost like training wheels for spirit guides. You know what I mean? Or like a spirit guide for like, you know what I mean? The training wheels. It's like, they're there to just show you what's up. Like when Ella and I fight, our cat lady will literally run between us mm-hmm. and she'll rub herself on her and then run to Ella. And she'll, she's just going back and right. forth, going back right. and forth, being like, guys, guys, we're all the same thing here. But isn't it funny? I mean, I don't know if you and Ella are, are probably now you are, but the first couple of times that happens, yeah, you tend to just poo-poo it. You're just like, we must be imagining that. Because you don't... A hundred percent. We were like, no, it's not that the cat is actually upset and trying to calm us down. It's like, no, we're, we're, they're just doing their normal behavior and we're assigning it a meaning. But that's not the case. You don't want to, you don't want to believe it. No. You don't want to believe that your actions and your toxicity and your relationship at that moment is actually affecting somebody else to that degree. It's huge. I mean, to me, it's why there, so many people get mad at me for using the word guardian. Nobody wants to think about that. Nobody wants to think about parenting because they would rather go. They'd rather think the about cat. ownership. They would. They want to think about ownership because ownership will not threaten them in any way, shape, or form. Because with ownership, you know that at some point you can disown. Yep. At some point, you can just say, "You, you know, you're yesterday's news, man. Bye, cat." Yep. Because millions and millions and millions of people do that every day, and of course, obviously, this is one of the big stump points for me is is to get us to to look more closely at the relationship and not the ownership. But that is one of the reasons why we don't want to do it. We don't want to have that moment. We want, we do not want to have that moment where Benny looks at me and I just realize in that moment, and this isn't being judgmental yeah. piece of shit. I am, <laughs> <laughs> you know, what I mean? in that moment, yeah. I am though in yeah. that moment, I am all, you know, with my chest puffed out. Now I'm here to you know, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm your what's whisperer. your deal, man? Yeah, totally. Right? Well, it's well, not about me. Like, what's your deal, man? But that's yeah. why, man. It, it's so funny how over the years people will watch the show and they'll say, "There's no way people." You must have prompted them. You must have fed them lines. But when somebody points at their cat and says, "That cat hates me," that cat hates me, and since he hates me, I hate him. So get him out of here. And the cat is just like sitting Literally there, like just a cat. Uh, you missed dinner. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like that. There's nothing going on. It's a, it's a real wormhole. Is that the right word I'm looking for? But it's also can of worms. A, can of worms. But it's also, yeah, it's also a gateway. It's also like portal. depending on how <laughs> you know. It, it depends on how you want to look at it. It's a high bottom. It's a high bottom. The I will say that you for yeah. See, you got you got caught in a giggle on that. For me. I would say that the idea of pet guardianship versus pet ownership changed the way I felt. Yeah, I felt like I was more capable of being a guardian yes. than an owner. Right. If, I, if you had to distill everything that I do, that would be it. Yeah. The whole relationship thing, the guardianship thing has been the only thing for me because I think that, that is that key. That once you turn that key, first of all, pet homelessness would go down 80, 90%. Oh, yeah. If we all made that sort of parental sort of pledge, you know what I mean? Um, I think they try with the word adoption, but it doesn't yeah. really work because it makes it feel like you're doing charity. Isn't that funny? I've never been a massive fan of the word rescue. Yeah. I mean, I understand us as being rescuers, but this is my rescue dog. Doesn't that 
It's does like that, saying this is my that foster you kid. out just a little bit when you hear yeah, that? Yeah, this is my is, adopted son. Yes, I actually I, I put out a video this morning, and in the description I said my canine daughter Mushka, and somebody made fun of me for that, and I was like, I wasn't actually being glib. You yeah, know? you're and like, that's, well, no, that's how I, that's, that's what who I meant. she is, man. Yeah, but it's, it's a really, really slippery slope. It really is, and you also wind up really pushing people's buttons when you start talking about it because, you know, we have sort of little areas in our minds that we go, well, as long as they don't cross this line. I'm good. I'm civil. I'm, you know, but as soon as you question me in this respect, back off. You and know? that was the big flag for me. Again, just to bring it back to this one analogy, when Ella was like, why are you taking my hand away from the cat? Yeah. What do you think I'm going to do? Right. I was so triggered and so angry at her even questioning my impulse that I was totally subconscious. Like I didn't realize I was doing it. But the fact that I was angry really pointed to something. Right. It's like, how dare you ask me that? It's like, whoa, dude. Yeah, yeah. Why? Yeah. Like, what's up? What's going on there? Isn't that weird when you when when that happens though in relationships where you know that if you have a really angry response, you're probably wrong. Yeah, I hate that. I hate that too. <laughs> I hate I'm that. like, well, I feel so strong. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, okay. This is a me yeah, thing then. Wrong. Oh, there it is. Yeah. It, to know that if you pop off, chances are you're probably going to have to apologize. Yeah. Yep. Sucks. And that is the case. That's, yeah. that's the truth, Sucks. you know, until we can learn to speak about our feelings in real time. Yeah. I'm stuck in that example you were talking about, about lady running in between you and Ella during a fight and all of the things that are packaged in there. Number one, the recognition that your children are suffering because you're fighting, because the parents are fighting. And number two, our recognition that, oh my God, our responsibility runs this deep. Mm-hmm. We really got to watch ourselves. Mm-hmm. We really, we have to level up in our relationship because otherwise we're causing. We're causing harm to those that we're responsible for. I mean, it was kind of amazing because you realize that, oh, they think of us as a unit. They Like we are a family. Yeah. We're all a family. We are the only thing that defines their confidence and their safety. And all of a sudden, if that goes away for a second, imagine the panic that goes on. I mean, in our house, and look, we've got a lot going on there. We've got eight cats, three dogs. I mean, it's it's a lot. And we're trying to manage a relationship at the same time. Mm-hmm. And two humans. You and can't two, that's what I'm saying. Two humans, two humans And right in the middle of it. We're not fighting. We don't fight. In general, I don't fight. I'm, I'm kind of a little, not passive aggressive, but I'm very non-confrontational in my own life. I'll walk away before I fight. You need to feel in control before you're able to continue the conversation. Yeah, right. Exactly. So what I'll do is I'll, I'll be like, and then I'll walk away and, and she'll be like, where are you going? And you know what I mean? I'm, I gotta go. Gotta like, go. I'm going to find myself. Exactly. So that I can keep I talking. Don't wanna, I'm not here right now. And I also don't like me. Look, I grew up with a rageaholic. My dad was a, a rager. And so yelling really messes me up. But I live with a dog, for instance, one of our dogs went through horrible abuse and at the hands of, of, of men. So, I always feel like I have to be the best reflection of, humanity. <laughs> of my sex, at least, mm-hmm. in order to have him be cool. Even though when I work up and I just pop and walk away, he feels it. He, you can, he tucks his tail, but he, he's like, oh, are you okay now? Or, yeah, or am I okay? I wanna, am I, I okay? Like, or yeah. I don't know if I want to get close to you. Is this I mean, think about get, that. That's, that's, that that's, hurts. It's a thermostat right there yeah. on the wall as if your pets are cowering. And if they're, if they're doing what, what Lady did, or I have one cat who will, when she's stressed out, she self-grooms to where her tummy's completely bald. Mm. 
And she has done that before when I've been in a bad place or when Mina's been in a bad place. Of course, I'm not saying, hey, don't get a pet if you don't, unless you want to go to a real deep place in your life, you know? You know it's I'm like a vision that. quest. Yeah, I'm saying that. I'm saying that, like, having a pet, you are saying, I am now at the point where I can care for another being. Right. And you know what? Chances are, if you're nervous, you probably can. Because right. if you're like, oh, I don't know if I can yet. That means you're thinking about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, that's a great point. And also, I mean, I think that the embracing of guardianship brings out the one thing I can tell you, having been in recovery for now 20 some odd years and in and out and, you know, and being around addicts for this long, we will do for animals what we will never do for ourselves and what we would never do for another human. I, I know so many guys and, and women who have been on the verge of checking out who didn't because who's going to feed the cat? Do you know how deep that is? I also feel that way about my tomato plant. Not going to lie. Yeah. You're Very just like, bad. man, if I, if I, if I die, who's, if I tap out and what happens to the tomatoes? Nobody's going to take care of it. Like I can. <laughs> okay. Like that's the thing. I like put a quote mark around the tomatoes yes, from now on. The tomatoes. Yeah. <laughs> From the, but it shows that you have, basically, I love the idea of this ending thought, which is that whether you like it or not, your animal that you're taking care of, you, the animal you're guarding, guardian inning, guardian inning is, or gardening if they're a tomato, or gardening if they're a tomato, <laughs> I'm a tomato guardian, <laughs> I am, uh, that this animal is a tether, you're, you're tethered, yeah. and if you have some wounds that need tending, that tether is going to tug on them, mm -hmm. you know? So take it seriously because you deserve to be taken seriously. And that's the other thing is that, you know, it sounds like, you know, when we're talking about this, that, that it's like there's all these cautionary tales. That's not what it's about. That tether actually will save your ass at some point. Yes. Like I was saying before about the, the constant scrolling and the media and watching and never having quiet moments and all. That moment when lady is running between the two of you is that opportunity yeah. to become more whole, you yeah. know, and they give us that opportunity they if really we allow it in. Yes. Yes. So everybody just bask in that. Bask man. in that. Bask in that. <laughs> Ooh, maybe that's our catchphrase for the end. Yes. We're, we're trying to, we're auditioning catchphrases. So I'm going to say bask in bask that. Bask in that. It sounds that's a little, yeah, we'll figure it out. Or how about watch out for the high bottom. <laughs> that's the that's the cat phrase. You know what? This is uh, not a saying. Watch out for the, the high, high bottom. bottom. <laughs> uh, it's a runner up. That's definitely a runner up. Um, Jackson, I love you and I appreciate you, and I'm so grateful for you. If people want to find more about you, what you do, and find you on the internet, where where can they go? They can go to jacksongalaxy.com. You can find me obviously on all of your favorite social media places: Facebook, Instagram, the Cat Daddy. I'm everywhere, but, everywhere. Uh, but, but yeah, go check me out on uh, jacksongalaxy.com. Cool. Yeah. And you have some great books too. Thank so, you. I mean, they're really helpful guides, man. They're really good. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I hear you, man. Like they're good. Um, and everybody, if you've enjoyed listening to this episode of Analyze This, or this is your first episode of Analyze This you've ever listened to, please make sure you rate, review, and subscribe. Or if you can only do one, just subscribe so you don't miss out on any other analyzations that may be coming your way. And if you're ready to take the plunge and go that extra step, you can become a Analyze This Guardian by signing up to support this podcast at our Patreon, patreon.com slash analyze this, starting at $5, buy a Hannah a cup of coffee, and you'll get this podcast ad-free 
forever. Or at least until I, you know, decide that I need ads because, uh, you know, burning money here, people. Sign up on Patreon, please. <laughs> Bask in that. <laughs> Love, Hannah.